morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another wild, whimsical, wise sort of Wednesday, friends, for Torch Report 372, Overcoming the Impossible Odds. Today, I want to offer a strategic analysis of the challenges we face and what we can do about it. Starting out here at the top of the report today, there's a picture of yours truly, your favorite fuzzy peasant. While I was much less fuzzy back in the day, 1999, eating bugs and being happy, playing G.I. Joe at Schofield Barracks, Charlie Company 235, the Cacti Battalion. At any rate, friends, eat bugs, be happy. I've been there. I've done that. And you know what? I can hear, I'm here to tell you, sometimes you just got to suck it up. <laughs> now, when I was in the Army, Sometimes things sucked, right? I mean, and when things sucked, the phrase that we used to power through was suck it up and drive on. Just keep going. Not dead. Don't stop. Failure is not an option. Adapt and overcome. Do whatever it takes. Dig deep. Find that inner strength. Overcome the pain. Embrace the adversity and complete the mission. By embracing hardship in this way, one can develop mental toughness. And friends, if we're going to overcome the global cabal, then we're going to need some mental toughness. We're going to need some intestinal fortitude if we're to stand any chance whatsoever at overcoming the odds and defeating the beast of global tyranny. Now, Yesterday's report, Torch Report 371, FBI, CIA, and DOJ will rig the 2024 election. That report ended with an excerpt from the CIA's manual on guerrilla warfare. And that excerpt was warning that if we just have a combatant mindset, that's erroneous. It's extremely dangerous. Instead, the mission of the resistance must be political in nature, strategically persuading people to support those who are actively striving to resist, overcome, and replace oppressive socialist regimes, which is exactly where we're at right now. Now, make no mistake, my friends, we are facing an oppressive socialist regime. Both globally, like the big global cabal, right down to nationally, right down to the local level policies that are being dictated from on high. Now, in trying to understand how we can fight against a superior adversary, in this case, the often invisible secret global cabal, in order to do that, we need to understand, we need to think, I'm sorry, we need to think in terms of long term strategy. And the reason is simple. Because there's no easy way out, right? I mean, it's not going to just happen overnight. So you got to mentally prepare for a, a long, embittered battle. There is no cavalry coming. Our institutions have been infiltrated and captured. Our once great representative government, formerly restrained by the checks and balances of our bicameral legislature and the three-branch separation of powers, as proscribed by our beloved constitution, our once great government has become a beast of bureaucracy. Our government has become hostile toward the American people, ravenous for more control and replete with socialist saboteurs, really commies. Now, the deep state does not care about your rights or the rule of law. If that's not obvious by now, you haven't been paying attention. They care about 
one thing and one thing only, and that is gathering greater and greater degrees of power and control in order to forcefully impose their collective collectivist fantasies on the rest of us, the socialist fantasies, fantasies, the fascist fantasies, the communist fantasies, these fantasies, friends, completely detached, you know, but this evil impulse of authoritarian control is justified in their twisted minds by the greater good. It's always for the greater good. That's the greatest justification for imposing your will on anybody. It's for the greater good. You know, these people are blinded by their lust for power, fully consumed by their pursuit for control, and they are mentally incapable of distinguishing. At this point, they can't distinguish fact from fiction. They can't distinguish right from wrong or good from evil or their ass from the hole in the ground. You know, these stooges, powerful as they may be, are ultimately beholden to the collective. In simplest terms, friends, they're getting their marching orders. Our own government stooges are getting their marching orders from the global elite. The sock puppet in the Oval Office is just one prime example of that. They have been assimilated into the cult collective, into the hive mind, and they are no longer capable of thinking for themselves. They're no longer capable of questioning their orders or seeing any vision for the future except that which has been cast by their mental captors. You know, they, they operate in a mental cage, if you will. Those who have been infected by the hive mind, whether they're in uh, the government or they're in state level leadership or local county level or city level leadership or just people out in the community. They cannot think for themselves anymore. They've been captivated mentally by mental captors. Now, they operate in this mental cage bound by the belief that they must sacrifice themselves and the rest of us in the name of the greater good, always for the greater good. It's sort of this uh, altruistic suicide, if you will, a menticide, a collective obsession with utopian dreams, drinking the Kool-Aid and standing at heaven's gate, just waiting to get in. You know, all that said, though, it would be foolish to underestimate our foes. These people are not stupid. And in fact, when you talk about the global elites, many of those who have succumbed to the collective at the you know these they're truly intelligent people you know they they are PhDs that I mean they could be educated idiot idiots but some of them are really brilliant individuals they've just kind of unwittingly stumbled into a cult oftentimes it is precisely their exceptional talent that has blinded them to the fact that they're no longer thinking for themselves. They're no longer operating in a rational fashion because the collective, it preys upon emotion and empathy and emotion and empathy shut down logic and critical thinking. The reason for all of this is obvious. It's human nature. And as I've discussed at length, friends, it, it's, it is basic human nature that is being heavily exploited by the global cabal. They understand humanity better than humanity understands itself, meaning that they understand human behavior better than the average parent peasant understands their own psychology, their own biology and innate human attributes. People don't understand what it means to be a human being by and large, just don't, you know, and that is why, at least in part, that is why. The global elite believe that they know what is best for the peasantry because they have so much more knowledge. Now, just think about the average person for a moment. And it's kind of hard to identify. If you think about the whole of humanity and try to find that person in the middle that represents the middle of the bell curve, it's really hard to pinpoint that. 
But the average human, I believe, is much closer to the homeless person living under the bridge than they are to the esteemed individuals who stride through the halls of Congress or corporate boardrooms or academic institutions. And this insight about the, the middle of humanity is really something I gained after spending a month over in Calcutta, India, observing and serving the lower rungs of the some 15 million human beings who call that city home. I met with people who lived in filth and squalor, but they were very proud of their homes. Like, oh, this is my home. You know, it's right next to this cesspool of human waste, but I'm proud of it. You know, no matter how repulsive the living conditions may have appeared to me as an outsider, they were still proud of what they had. I mean, it's like uh, it's like a person living underneath the bridge and, and feeling proud of of their cardboard setup. You know, hey, it's better than that guy's cardboard setup, you know, now. I also met a man who was living underneath a tarp on a sidewalk next to six lanes of unimaginable noise and pollution with his pregnant wife, her sister, and his mother-in-law, no less. This guy really had, uh, I, I couldn't understand his mindset, but he really had a, a unique perspective on life. I had a lot of long conversations with this man over the course of a month. I walked past him every day. And... I was trying to understand why are you living on a tarp next to this busy, crazy street with your pregnant wife, your sister, her, uh, and mother-in-law. You know, I don't know that. I don't understand. Like, like, why don't you go out to the jungle and, and build a hut? You know, there's lots of fruit and free food out there. Now, as incomprehensible as it was to me, he had his reasons. He believed that that was what was best for him and for his family. He believed that, if you can believe it. He wasn't stupid, friends. He was just blind to the possibilities of choosing another path. Belief is kind of funny like that. Accepting one set of beliefs generally excludes the consideration of other beliefs. We, in our own mental jungle as human beings, we must make sense of life in a way that makes us feel right, in a way that keeps our sense of self intact. I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. Nobody wants to be wrong, right? I mean, you understand that. I mean, and therefore nobody believes they are wrong. If you, if you believe that you were wrong, then you would just instantaneously accept, you know, that, wait a second, I'm wrong. I got to change my beliefs here. And of course, to accept that we are wrong requires a modicum of humility, which is hard to come by these days. Uh, but if we were humble enough to accept that we were wrong, then we would immediately change our beliefs to once again, regain that sense of being correct. This too, friends, is human nature, and it's this sense of being correct that keeps people locked into unhealthy, unwholesome, and entirely erroneous belief systems, beliefs about themselves, beliefs about others, beliefs about the world, beliefs about the way things are, and beliefs about the way things should be. People believe it because they have to have this sense of being correct. Here's the point. The point is we are in a battle of beliefs and the global cabal understands this very, very well. The average person, on the other hand, not so much. In fact, friends, I believe that all the tyrants uh, throughout history have understood this in one way or another. They've understood that the battle of beliefs was really uh, a battle of who knows what's best. They understood that they had to convince the average person to believe that compliance was preferable to non-compliance, whether by fear or by force or by deceptively coercing, you know, coercive incentives. You know, it's the carrot of the stick. 
You know, ultimately, the root of this evil genius lies in the realization that people's beliefs can be changed and they can be changed intentionally by introducing external factors that disturb and disrupt a person's previously held beliefs. And by changing people's previously held beliefs, then they can control the population. By controlling the population, they can rule the world and achieve their utopian fantasy of perfecting everything that they believe is wrong with the world. Now, let's go ahead and zoom out. Zoop, go way out. You know, the global elite control most of the media, do they not? They control most of the money and most of the institutions and most of the means of influence found throughout society. And as a result, they are capable to very efficiently uh, control the majority of people's beliefs. The implications of this should be sobering if you just think about it. They control the media, the money, the institutions, the means of influence. They can control people's beliefs. That's very important to realize, especially from a strategic mindset of how do we win this battle? Do you think that the majority of the public will ever support far right-wing extremists and racist white supremacists and Christian insurrectionists or MAGA domestic terrorists in their struggle against an oppressive authoritarian regime? Do you think the public will ever support that? Of course not. It's a rhetorical question. The public has been conditioned to believe that these anti-government extremists are a threat to democracy. Anyone who opposes the current agenda is a selfish, bigoted, misogynistic, homophobic, backwards-thinking relic of America's racist past. Worse yet, friends, since these ignorant backwards peasants don't trust the experts and they don't trust the science, they are also climate deniers who are destroying the planet and filthy, unclean, disease-ridden anti-vaxxers whose very presence on planet Earth is a threat to public health and safety. Does it matter? If this is not true, the answer is no, it's not. It doesn't matter. Not if, not, enough, not if enough people believe it. If that's what enough people believe, that's the key there. So given the global cabal's grip on everything from global resources to public opinion to our very own government, any effort to resist the Great Reset and the forthcoming centralized authoritarian control of global digital government governance, I should say, and the Great inescapable socialist surveillance state the the any effort to resist that ultimately faces virtually impossible odds there is really no tyrant to target for removal there is no strategic cache of resources that keeps the enemy going there, there's no f- nothing physical for us to fight does that make sense friends it's like swinging our fist at the air we are fighting an idea we are fighting beliefs and we are fighting public opinion and we are losing just to call it like it is and the reason we're losing is simple it's clear it's because they control the media and the means of influence okay the flow of information each time that a fellow american falls prey to their collectivist schemes They call it progress. Each time a fellow American stands up against the insanity, they call it a threat to democracy. Friends, the enemy is cunning and sly. They lie, cheat, and steal their way into positions of power, and they believe that they are in control. They believe that they know what's best. But do you 
believe that they know what's best? Do you believe that they are in control? It sure looks like they're in control. I mean, just look around. I mean, they're kind of in control here. They're running the show. It certainly appears as if they've got the momentum, as if their decades of planning and infiltration and ideological subversion have paid off. The deck is clearly stacked against us. The odds do seem impossible. But, hey, come on now. Come on, you know, come on, Luke. You know, with God, all things are possible, right? Good, right out of the good book. Now, there's never an atheist in the foxhole is, is a saying that was, you know, in the army, in the military. And so the saying goes, there's never an atheist in the foxhole, meaning when things get real, we got to get right with God and all that. Never, under any circumstances, should we ever give up? We should never rule out the hand of providence or divine intervention. But similarly, we should never hang our hat on, hey, don't worry, God's going to save the day. That's not really how it's played either. Now, never under any circumstances should you ever lose hope. If you accept defeat, friends, you've been defeated and the enemy has captured your beliefs. Never, ever, ever let that happen. Reclaim the control of your own destiny. It's time to suck it up, buttercup. We got work to do, you know. Our mission, friends, is nothing less than saving humanity from a terrible fate. We've been born into this moment of history for a purpose, and that purpose is to preserve the blessings of liberty for future generations, to cast off the shackles of socialist tyranny, and to slay the socialist beast of our day. There is no higher calling than to stand strong, to speak out, and to fight back, to prepare yourself for battle, to guard your heart and mind. This is a war of words. It is a battle of beliefs, and it will never be won if it's recklessly fought. But there is hope. There's always hope. It's not just hopium, friends. It's real hope. And our real hope, our only hope, lies in authentic connections, authentic personal connections, direct personal interactions. It lies in honest conversations, having the heart-to-heart, the face-to-face. Just like Special forces go out, they infiltrate and they influence the, you know, they train up the tribesmen, right? And they do this to to train them up to overthrow oppressive regimes, but they do it to get public support and buy-in from the tribes, right? They got to get the tribes to stand up against the oppressive government. So too, in a very similar fashion, must we now set about the arduous task of developing the network and the support necessary to win back the hearts and minds of our fellow Americans, to reclaim the country that we love. Friends, this is the only way that we can win, at least in the mind of this ignorant peasants. Friends, this is how we overcome the impossible odds and resist we must. Friends, that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take your time to find that little heart on the website or the Substack app. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this wild, whimsical Wednesday. Stay wise, friends. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. <laughs>